Gazette Newspapers presents the Parting Shots Podcast. Now, here's your host, Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor, Ken Schock. That was the call of Ben Holden on ESPNU of the game-winning power play goal by Graham Slager, 138 into sudden death overtime that gave Notre Dame a 2-1 victory over North Dakota in the NCAA Men's Hockey Tournament Albany Regional Semifinal at MVP Arena. Well, hello once again here on the Parting Shots Podcast. I'm Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott, and we've got a lot to go through yeah, it was a 2-1 game, but uh, the third period ending is what we're all going to talk about uh, for, uh, for a while for this game. Well, let's tell you who scored the uh, goals early in the game. Brent Johnson scored for North Dakota with 117 left in the first period, and Landon Slager scored a minute three into the second period. We got that out of the way. So what happened? The third period, uh, Jack Adams, former Union player now with Notre Dame, was called for a hooking penalty with 134 left. That gave North Dakota a power play and a chance to probably win the game in regulation. Well, Notre Dame had a chance, a shorthanded bid late in the game, where uh, Landon Slaggart had a shot on goal that was stopped and the rebound put in by Adam Karashik uh, to seemingly win the game for Notre Dame. But here's the problem. The clock read 0.0 on the scoreboard. The green light was on at the end of the ice near the, behind the net. Did the goal count? Notre Dame thought it did, and they went to a video review, a long video review, and confusing, making the matter more confusing, the ESPN score bug uh, on the telecast on ESPNU had time left on the clock, 0.3 seconds. So what, what do they look at? I mean, I looked at the replay that was being shown on ESPNU. There was an overhead shot. Uh, they had the clock uh, embedded in the uh, the shot, and it said 0.0, and that, that was there before even uh, Slager, uh, Landon Slager got his shot off, and then and then the, the puck went in. So uh, to me, it seemed like a no-brainer, but it took 11 minutes for referees Gino Binda Jr. and Jeremy Tufts to uh, look at it. I think they were looking at all kinds of angles. And it was just a you know, crazy uh, Notre Dame you know, standing on the ice waiting to see if they're going to celebrate a goal or they have to go back in the locker room to start overtime. Well, like I said, after 11 minutes, the referees came out and ruled no goal. So we headed to overtime. And the NCAA issued a statement after the game uh, about the play. Here's what they s- said. The NCAA video replay system includes a burned-in camera view of the scoreboard clock, which is the official timing device. As many are aware, the ESPN program feed is not the official time. Additionally, the green light to signal the end of play is not an official part of the timing system. The overhead view that includes the scoreboard clock, which is synchronized with the video feed, clearly showed the clock expiring before the shot entered the goal. Therefore, the referees determined time had expired, and there was no goal scored by Notre Dame. But um, Notre Dame took care of business in the overtime. 
as time was winding down on Adams's penalty. Chris Jandrick was called for interference 14 seconds into overtime, and there was 12 seconds left on Adams' penalty, so they played 4-4, four and four, and then once Adams came out, Notre Dame had the power play, and Graham Slaggart took a shot from the right circle with his brother Landon Slaggart screening, and it was game over, and Notre Dame will face Minnesota State on Saturday in the uh, Albany Regional Final at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 5.30 Central, for you fans in Minnesota. Uh, that'll be, uh, of course, on ESPNU, uh, I believe. I'll, I'll double-check with that uh, later before we sign off on this podcast. Um, but uh, let's review the, uh, the some of the uh, quotes from the game. We'll start with the winning team from Notre Dame. Uh, coming to the post-game uh, press conference was uh, Notre Dame head coach Jeff Jackson, sophomore forward Landon Slaggart, senior forward Graham Slaggart, and graduate student goaltender and former Cornell netminder Matthew Galata. Uh, I just rather avoid the obvious and let the guys talk. <laughs> All right, uh, Ken, go first. Okay, I'm going to ask the obvious. First of all, for you, Jeff. What did you think? I mean, did you get a chance to look at the replay afterwards, and did they make the right call? And Landon, did you think there was time left on the clock? Yeah, hey, I just based on what's you know what's on the scoreboard, and they're telling me there's two different clocks. I mean, we're playing to the scoreboard, not to a clock that's you know not visible to anybody. When the green light went on, I assumed that that meant that there was still time on the clock. At least that's the way it is in the NHL. The green lights attached to the scoreboard or the clock. So green light went on, to me that means it's a goal. Yeah, obviously we were excited uh, getting that goal, but obviously having it called back, we had to regroup. Uh, we thought it was in, but it, you know you got to bounce back and re- recollect yourself and, and I guess get another one. That's what Graham did tonight. Yep. Just wondering what the message was in between the third period and overtime. I've been talking a lot to them over the last several weeks about never too high, never too low. Um, this stuff happens in this tournament for some reason, you know, but uh, really proud of these guys for staying focused, you know, because that's disheartening. And I reminded them to, to remember what happened to Mankato last week, you know, because it's exactly what happened again today, you know. And, it's uh, disappointing that it happens. It has to happen at this level, but you know, I'm, I'm just proud of the guys responding because we still had 30 seconds to kill. You know, and, and these two guys down at the end, you know, they, they did a great job on the, on the goal with no time on the clock, and then you know, to draw a penalty at the end of the penalty kill was huge, and that's been a factor for our penalty kill all season. Is we got core guys like you know, Landon and Graham. The, you know, make plays when the other team turns it over. John? Uh, Sean, <clears throat> excuse me, Sean Martin with the Times Union. Graham, walk me through your goal. Did, did you see a hole there inside that post uh, as you were working the power play? Yeah, we've been kind of working on that play the last few weeks. Uh, we scored a similar goal uh, against Wisconsin in the quarterfinals of the Big Ten. And uh, Landon just does a great job at screening the goalie. And uh, I kind of knew where he was going to let me shoot. And uh, there's a big enough gap for me to uh, score there. Uh, Tom Miller at the Grand Forks Herald. Uh, maybe Matthew, can you give us a, a player's perspective of those 10 minutes uh, or so or whatever it was as they're reviewing that? What's what's happened to bring us through that? Yeah, I mean, it was pretty exciting. Everyone was skating over to carry. Uh, thought thought we won the game. So um, in that moment, I mean, it was it was pretty crazy that the way that could have could have happened. Um, but after that, I mean, yeah, it was like 10 minutes or so. 
just trying not to get too excited or anything. I really don't get too excited that often, so <laughs> just try to stay level-headed and just kind of, if we have to keep playing, we'll keep playing. Coach, obviously you know, both goalies were outstanding tonight, but can you talk about you know the job Matthew next to you did? I've said it you know all along here for the last several weeks. I mean he's been dialed in, and you know when he when he's playing the way he's capable of, he's, he plays a quiet game, doesn't give up a lot of rebounds, is very calm in the crease area, you know, and he, he does a great job of you know situational awareness and, and his angles and positioning and. Uh, you know, I'm proud of what he's accomplished in the past, and you know, this is a great opportunity for him. You know, in the NCAA tournament. Yep, Matthew, just wondering what it was like with the um, penalty shot. Yeah, I mean, it was it was Gaber uh, who had who had the penalty shot. Um, I, I I really did I really I was kind of surprised it was a penalty shot, um, but when he was coming down, he was coming down the left side, and um, just kind of. Seeing a video before, he always likes to curl it and drag it and shoot blocker side. So I, I thought that's maybe something he would have done. So I was just trying to read a stick, and uh, luckily I went wide. Jeff, and maybe if one of the other players can answer this, with the emotions of you know, this game, with you know, everything with the, the controversy there at the end of the third period and winning in overtime, are you glad that the ch format's changed this year where you have a day off and you can just you know, relax a little bit, just you know, practice and get ready for Minnesota State on Saturday? Yeah, I think that was an outstanding change. Um, you know, first of all, they always put, in many cases, they put the higher seed in the later game. Maybe not in this weekend's case, but in most cases, I remember last year, it was, I think it was North Dakota, actually. Um, I know Minnesota had to play a late game. You know, and they were higher seeds for television purposes, and then they have to turn around and play you know, a team that you know had maybe six hours additional rest, eight hours additional rest. Um, so it's it's a very good rule change, you know, to to have a day off in between, especially if that second game goes into overtime, and you know, especially a prolonged overtime. And remember, it was North Dakota, I think, against Duluth last year that went several overtimes, and it was that's too much to ask of, of kids, you know. I mean in such a big moment. You know, it's good that there's a day off so you actually get, you know, the best out of both teams. You want the players to answer that? Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's super nice to be able to recharge. Uh, if guys are banged up, give us uh, a little more time to get ready for the next game. and uh, Have another day to be with each other as well. Play a little NHL. Who knows what we're going to do at the hotel, but just have a good time with each other. <laughs> Coach, just wondering, you seem to always recruit brothers. Is there a two-for-one deal? <laughs> Uh, I'm only disappointed that Andy and Tara aren't having any more kids. Uh, there's one more yet to come. So <laughs> You just hire an assistant coach that has good genes. <laughs> now let's hear from the North Dakota side of things with head coach Brad Berry, graduate student forward Connor Ford, junior forward Ethan Frisch, and senior forward Mark Stenden. I thought it was a hard-fought game. Uh, you know, I want to congratulate Notre Dame for moving on, and uh, obviously disappointing for us the way the, the game ended uh, to, to end our season here. But uh, just want to say I'm proud of these three guys and our group uh, on what they accomplished this year. And uh, one night doesn't define uh, our group as a whole. Ken Shaw from the Daily Gazette. What was the feeling like, uh, you know, waiting on the, the video review and did you get a sense of relief that you know you dodged a bullet at that point? Yeah, well, you know, I think 
at the end of the day, uh, you want to try to get the call right and you know take as much time as you can, and they did. And you know they took a lot of time, and they finally felt they made the right call, and you know it gave us a new life. Uh, you know I thought we had a lot of energy going into the locker room and coming out, and uh, you know it's one of those things where you know I, I, at the end of the day you want to make sure that you get the right call, and they did. Brad, at uh, the end of the uh, regulation, you guys get that power play. Um, what did you see from Notre Dame's penalty kill? Uh, what did you guys want to do on the power play? They they seem to have good numbers this year. Yeah, they did, and you know we realized that they 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 pressure a lot. They block shots. They pressure up high. Uh, you know they've had seven shorthanded goals before tonight. Uh, you know they they're very aggressive, and uh, you know one of the things what we did coming back. You know we had a set face up play. We got possession, and we we really wanted to try to attack and and make the most of the 26 seconds that was remaining on the power play. And, you know, they made a, they made a great play to, uh, to get a puck past us. We had to take a penalty on it. And, and the resulting, uh, you know, goal they scored was on their power play. So, again, like I said, special teams are a big difference at this time of the year, and they made one more play than we did. Connor, what made it tough to generate offense tonight? Uh, they play a, a game similar to ours, um, really hard defensive uh, zone uh, style. You know, they make you earn it. Um, and ultimately, I think we did have chances. We, we earned chances. It wasn't easy. Uh, but there's a couple you know, great A's that we created that uh, we can't sit here and say that we didn't have an opportunity to win that game um, in third. Uh, so, yeah, they play hard defensively. So do we. Um, there was chances out there to score. and. Scored one more than us. Same for you, Ethan. Just what, what do you think would made it tough to generate? Yeah, I think uh, it's something we pre-scouted and we knew how they played. Um, I think the toughest thing for us was um, their neutral zone going through the cross, just getting zone entries. Um, once we figured that out, though, kind of like Connor said, um, we thought we had our chances, um, and we just couldn't generate it there in the third period or second period. Sorry, we. We had a stretch where we were getting some good ozone time, especially up top by the D-men doing some switches and stuff. <coughs> Same thing in the third, and uh, we had our chance. We just couldn't capitalize. Your thoughts on going back into the locker room after overtime, the same thing last year in the, in the regional. Um, did, did you guys do anything different, or what was uh, the thoughts coming back into another one of these overtimes? Uh, yeah, honestly, um, the way it happened this year, um, Obviously, it's devastating right away. It's something. It's feeling you're, you can't prepare for. It's something you're not thinking of. Um, but our coaches did an excellent job, um, kind of keeping our head in it right after the call. Um, you know, we were quick enough to get a video review upstairs, and uh, the guys we have looking at replays, they said, you know, that's not going to count. Like it was definitely after um, time ran out, the buzzer just didn't go. Um, so that helped a lot. Um, that was a little bit different this year. Last year we didn't really, um, you know, we were kind of just hoping really. Uh, this year we had a pretty good feeling that it was going to go our way, um, so that helped. Uh, but going to the locker room, we had the juice, we had the confidence, we were ready to go, um, we were ready to take the ice, and um, a couple of bounces their ways, they made great plays, and didn't end in our favor. Mark, just how would you sum up this season? Um, you know, just tremendously proud of all the guys in that locker room. You know, we had a lot of new guys come in this year. And everyone bought in, you know, bought into the culture, bought into what we had to do on a day-to-day -day basis. And I'm 
just super proud of every single guy in that locker room to what we accomplished. You know, we got a share of the Penrose, and you know, everyone came into the rink every single day, ready to work. You know, ready to learn every single day, and I'm just tremendously proud of them. I, you know, you know, I love every single one of them. They're tremendous guys, and you know, just like kind of upset one one night doesn't define our our season, and just super proud of how they came to work every single day and bought into the process. And same for you, Connor, coming into this program for one year. What was this year like for you? Obviously, it was a great opportunity for me you know, to come play one of the best programs in college hockey and have an opportunity to be an impact guy and play big minutes every night. Um, ultimately, we overachieved as a group, um, and that's why this guy won an award for the best coach of the year. Um, you know, we, we put together a great year as a group. You know, there was times where we didn't have a full lineup against top 10 teams, and we swept. Um, so, you know, looking back, proud of our effort as a group. Um, you know, I, I, it's hard to look back and, and feel bad about anything or have any regrets. Um, you know, I got to live out a dream of playing in North Dakota. Um, so the last 12 months, I'm extremely grateful for it. And, and Brad, just same for you. When you look back at this season, um, just your initial thoughts. You guys have had a lot of guy, key guys out of the lineup even tonight. Um, just uh, ooh, I'm getting a little emotional. Uh, you know, I've been coaching a long time, and uh, like I told you guys before, this is probably one of the tightest, closest teams I've ever been associated with. Um, these guys came into work every single day. And when you bring in 14 new players, nine freshmen, and five transfers, you never know how it's going to go, how, how tight this team is going to be, and how they're going to mesh, and how they're going to work together. That was never a, never a problem. And it goes to these guys, the leadership in the locker room. These guys are an extension of us coaches. And, and, and at the end of the day, they did an outstanding job of, of putting this team together and making them committed to play for each other. There was not a selfish player on the team. There was not a, a guy that played for himself. He played for his teammates. And, and I'm just super proud of these guys. And like two of these guys up here are probably going to go away from our program next year and play hockey or get on with their life or whatever they're going to do. And they're going to be outstanding people in this world. They're going to be outstanding fathers, husbands. And uh, I don't know, man. Like at the end of the day, we all chase that, that green banner that we want to hang at the end of the year. That's one of our goals. We didn't get to check that box and hang that banner. But I tell you what, I am so proud of all three of these guys and everyone in that locker room for playing the North Dakota way and representing our our hockey program at the highest level. So again, yes, we fell short of, of one of the last goals that we won a national championship. But at the end of the day, these guys uh, fulfilled everything and more from what we expected. And I'm, I'm proud of them and I love every one of them. Last one for me, uh, Brad, just uh, was it? I don't know if deflating is the right word, but you guys have a world-class talent like Jake this year. And now looking back on it, just that he didn't really get to play a whole lot. Um, just uh, how do you feel looking back at that? Just well, I, I think I think there's nobody feels worse. You know, obviously we want him in our lineup, and we miss him dearly. But at the end of the day, I don't think there's anybody that feels worse than Jake Sanderson. And uh, you know, with his with his injury that he sustained last game at home. Probably very easily he could have jetted off to Ottawa right away and his pro career could have taken off. He made an effort to stay around our, our guys and be a part of our family here. 
and that says a lot about Jake Sanderson. And you know what? He's going to have a, a very successful and fruitful career ahead of him. But I'll tell you what, I think his impact that he left here in a short amount of time, we'll remember that. And we'll remember that elite player came into our program that wasn't about anything else but being part of North Dakota hockey. Well, one thing we are guaranteed on Saturday night, a former Union hockey player will be playing in the Frozen Four in Boston in two weeks. Of course, we mentioned Jack Adams, uh, former Union player. Uh, who went to Providence last year, played some games down there, but then transferred to Notre Dame uh, for this season. And uh, Sam Morton of uh, St. Cloud State, who spent one and a half years with the Dutchman, leaving midway through the 2019-20 season. So it should be an interesting matchup uh, on Saturday night. So we'll look forward to that. And, of course, you look forward for our coverage in dailygazette.com. And in the print edition, uh, I'll have my two game stories, and Mike McGadden will have a a column on – Jack Adams, and uh, it be an interesting to see what he had to say about taking that penalty in overtime. So we'll look forward to doing this here again Saturday night, and then I'll probably wrap up the college hockey season as far as games are concerned. But, uh, of course, there'll be a lot more news with uh, Union College uh, with the head coaching situation. So, you know, stay tuned for that. Well, I appreciate you listening to this podcast, and I hope uh, we are able to uh, explain what happened. I mean, it's going to be uh, talked about for a while. And this you know, delay comes on the heels of the CCHA championship where Minnesota State thought it had won in overtime against uh, uh, Bemidji State, and that turned out to be a 40-minute uh, delay after everybody had gone home, the officials had gone home, and there were some social uh, media videos that showed the, uh, the goal was not really scored and went in under the net, and uh, they had to bring everybody back. So I think there's going to be some talk about video review and the length of these uh, video reviews they've made. They got the call right, but it, it seemed like, to me, it was I thought it was a no-brainer tonight that uh, that should have, it shouldn't have taken 11 minutes the way it did, but that's, that's you know, I'm not an officiating expert, and uh, I like to play one on, uh, on the podcast, but uh, what are you going to do? So, again, appreciate it. Uh, of course, you can follow my coverage Saturday on Twitter at Slapshots, and uh, I appreciate you doing that, and then we'll have a post-game podcast for you after the regional final on Saturday. The views expressed in the Parting Shots podcast are not necessarily those of Gazette newspapers. The Parting Shots podcast is a production of Gazette newspapers. I'm Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you Saturday night. From MVP Arena in Albany, New York, good night, good hockey.